0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 204. This is our 2022 Masters Tournament Research Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this year's first major. Hello, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with in-depth betting previews. Uh, My master's betting preview will be out on Monday. Tournament strokes gained analysis. Paul's done an excellent piece that I think we're going to touch on today. Masters form statistics and our master's predict, predictor model. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge with no paywall. Barry is on Twitter at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Again, that is likely to be out next Monday for the Masters. Please subscribe and like the shows if you're on YouTube. Now, I mentioned in the last podcast for the Valero Texas Open that we've got an open door. The best five-star review pre-Monday will be read out on the next Masters Tips podcast, the biggest podcast of the year. So it's open to all of you. I have noticed, Barry that we haven't had a review from Ireland since March 2021. That's a poor show. So if you're in Ireland and you're a regular listener, it's a great opportunity, this, to actually be read out on the Masters podcast next week. Now, I have a great review here. must read this. This has actually come in this week. It's from JBR1990. He is in the UK. That all becomes clear when I read this. It's entitled, Delivers on the Basic Principles of a Podcast. I have a unique set of barometers when judging a podcast and chaps, you've scored really well. The biggest surprise is that most podcasts do not. I listen on the tube and commute from Maida Vale to Liverpool Street. As such, I'm usually surrounded by tourists carrying Harrods bags, drunk bankers and girls and boys from Essex wearing too much makeup and perfume. My biggest gripe is when I slot in my noise cancelling headphones as escapism and my pod of choice is either A, too quiet, B, mostly loud enough but one clown is sitting a metre from their microphone. So, well done on speaking at a level that enables me to drown out the fashionistas, financiers, and Instagrammers. You'd be surprised at how many don't. Golf chat, golf chat isn't bad, too. And that's from JBR1990. That's one of the best reviews I think we've ever had, chaps.
2: That's a cracker, isn't it? So, so let me get this straight. The, the golf chat's okay. No mention of the tips, which is probably not such a bad thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got the levelling all right. Got the volume, uh, got got the volume control just about uh, sorted after all these years of trying. So
0: it's taken us around about two hundred episodes, <laughs> but the work that we've, the work that you've put in, the work that Barry's put in, has finally come to fruition. That that's been confirmed. And believe believe me, when when you're commuting through London, uh, you, you do need a podcast. I mean, I've done it the same. you you go for, and you can't hear what's going on in, in your in your earphones, so. We must be doing something right. (laughs) Okay. Let's crack on. The people want to go through our views, the research, uh, what we look for as punters before we place our bets for the 2022 Masters. The best thing is we are recording this. I will date this. Uh, It's 10.30 UK time on Friday, the 1st of April. And... Hooray, we actually have some live Masters markets. Anti-Post is disappearing slowly but surely, so it's good. Right, I tell you the first thing I'm going to mention, and it's a detailed thing. I became aware of this yesterday. They've lengthened the course. Mm. 7,510 yards. Par 72, it's a classical golf course, it's old style, tree-lined, and I always qualify it as a mid-score score score metric, so something from potentially 12 up to 15, 16 under par tends to be the winning score. Uh, Just for reference, it was the 7th of 51 PGA Tour courses in terms of its difficulty in 2021, when um, clearly... Um, it didn't. There was a little bit of wind, I believe, on the Thursday, but it kind of sorted itself out. They were pretty typical condition, uh, conditions in the end. Right, let's actually detail these changes because they're quite interesting. 2022 sees significant changes to Augusta National, with two critical holes on the back nine being lengthened and remodelled. Let's start with the 11th. The white dogwood hole. This this is the one, if you remember, down the hill. Yep. Green is then set on the left-hand side with water very much in play. Yeah, yeah. They've added a new tee box. They've. I remember hearing about this. It's basically they they, they squeezed it right into the far corner on the boundary of the land. Uh, it's it's lengthened the hole by fifteen yards, but more fascinatingly, it's also moved the tee box to the left as well. So the tee box is actually going to be facing a slightly different angle to the left of the tee box we're used to. Mm. The hole will also play differently on the basis that the tee box has been moved to the left and the fairway has been recontoured and widened by up to 15 yards. Now, I'm envisaging that tee shot, and you always get that huge bank of trees on the right-hand side. Well, lots of those have been totally removed. So a load of the trees on the right-hand side in the landing area have been moved. It's going to visually de- look very different, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. They're going back to their heritage. This is how the this is how the whole used to play. Uh, in a detailed change, the first cut has also been removed on the right-hand side. So they've taken they're taking trees away. They're also taking the first cut away. So basically, that fairway is going to extend 15, 20 yards further to the right. It's been replaced by what they're classifying as fairway short grass. So effectively, it's the fairway ongoing, which, listen to this, this is the best bit, which encourages errant drives to fall foul of Augusta National's amazing topography and roll out into even more disadvantageous positions. And I put on my preview, think of it as DeChambeau proofing. This par 4 will now play at a whopping 520 yards, which is longer than the par 513th. So I think what they're trying to do, and they're they're not only doing this first cut removal on the uh, 11th, they'd also mention that they're doing it on the 9th, also on the 10th. They're basically taking away bailout areas where players knew that if they got the ball into that bailout area, the first cut would slow the ball down and then they knew where that ball would be for the second approach shot. They're now saying, no, 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 no. What we're going to do is extend the fairway further. So it's taking you more into trouble if you take the old traditional bailout position. Yeah. Sorry, Barry, you were going to say something
1: then. They're just saying width and angles. You know, if you take the risk on early on in the hole, then you get rewarded with an easier second shot. But if you avoid the risk early in the hole, you get a more punishing second shot. Mm. It's perfect. Perfect. It's so good. There. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, a lot of this is, you know, lifted from um the fried egg and Andy Johnson and his, yeah. you know, his overviews. He just does such a great job. And, um, Explaining it and laying it out and, and making it very uh, easy just to drop in your head and go, Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. So uh, I'd certainly encourage people to go have a look at the, the fried egg um, overview on it.
2: Yeah. Now, in my mind, then, that turns that hole into another draw hole because you're going to, if the tee box is over on the left and they've cleared some space over on the right, are you not going to want to play a high right to left shot on that hole?
1: i see the thing with with the angle of the green and the approach shot you you want to be a bit further right because then you're not having to come over you're not have, you're, you're not having yeah. to yeah you're not having to come over the water so you have to almost challenge the tree situation or the, the few you know little trees on the right that are there yeah you to risk getting involved in them but that gives you a better angle if you can pull it off Whereas if you if you hit the big high draw and hit it down the left, then you're having to come across the water, and you're probably just going to bail out to the right of the green mm. on your approach shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about it's it's about when you want to take on the risk on that hole. So if you want to just bail out on the tee and just hit a safe one, then you're going to have a more difficult second shot, and you're probably not going to go. Um, Aiming at the centre of the green, you're just going to flare it out to the right, and then just try get up and down. Mm. But if you see, if you hit a belter of a tee shot, then you've got a chance to really yeah, yeah, have yeah. A, an attacking second shot at the green at the pin. It's interesting what Barry says because
0: from the visuals I've seen from above, they haven't removed all the trees, which is exactly what Barry's saying. They've left like a kind of island of trees. But what they've done is, if I'm if I'm from the tee. They've created more fairway the other side of those trees. So what could happen is, is that your ball could effectively end up still within those trees or to the right of those trees, and you've got to block second shot completely. Right. Very clever. Very very clever. Well, five hundred and twenty yards. It's going to be. Well, you're using driver, so you can't even yeah. you can't even take length off the tee, can you? It's a tough hole
2: anyway, isn't it? It's, there's there's going to be some scores there, isn't it? Interesting.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, the pivotal par 515th Firethorn has also been lengthened by 20 yards, with that fairway also being recontoured. Usage of short grass replacing the first cut will also be used on other holes, including this might not be all, it might be on other holes as well, but we'll find out the 9th and the 10th, which are both par 4s. So we're now looking at a quoted 7,510 yard par 72, but as you know, And as many listeners will know, but if you're new to golf and you don't really know the detail around the Masters, Augusta National is also very unique in the way that it cuts its fairways. And rather than uh, the cut is actually against the players. So what they're trying to do is get the balls to stop as quickly as possible in the fairways, which makes this course probably... I've always said it. I think it's like seven thousand eight hundred yards in real terminology. I reckon this now with these extensions, it's probably it's probably touching seven thousand nine hundred yards. You know, in real yardage, especially with all the topography, the uphills and downhills and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a long, long goal. It's much longer than seven thousand five hundred yards.
2: Yeah, yeah. And if you add a little bit of uh, moisture into the uh, to the fairways as well, then that's gonna gonna make it play even longer, isn't it?
0: It's funny you should mention moisture. You know how anal I am, but that's why, pe- that's why people love this podcast. It's why people love Gold Betting System, because we give detail. Here you go. Listen to this. Turf conditions is the second point I wanted to raise on this podcast. They have had 5.27 inches of rain in March in Augusta. That equates to 134 millimetres of rain for those of us on that kind of European setting. They had 21 millimetres of rain yesterday, Thursday. It was barreling down all day, mate. Mm. This is the most that I have seen in my records, and they go back to 2014. And I know what listeners are thinking. They're probably, oh, yeah, but they've got the best sub air in the world. They'll suck the moisture out. This, that, and the other. Then I look at the forecast, and yes, it's a forecast, and they change, but they don't tend to change drastically too much. If we look at next Tuesday and Wednesday tournament week, and don't forget, we also know with we also know with Augusta that they try and get that course as firm and as fast as they can the weekend prior to the Masters. So when they played the girls' event last year, that course was as firm as as fast as they, they possibly could have got that. And then they taper it off for practice. Mm. The thing I think they're going to struggle with this year is that course has been inundated with rain yesterday. And then, if you look at next Tuesday and Wednesday there's an 80 to 90 percent chance of rain from 2 p.m Tuesday afternoon local time to 2 a.m Wednesday morning so there's a 12 hour slot of precipitation that has a 80 to 90 percent chance of happening
2: yeah yeah and that close to the actual start of the event that's a deluge yeah I <laughs> You know they've got the sub-air, and we know that, and they they've, they can control the greens really quite well. The fairways may be a slightly different, a, a different kettle of fish, really. Um, and we've seen it relatively soft on the fairways before, and it does it does make it play longer, doesn't it? Uh, essentially, you've, got, oh, you've got you've got a long, um, you know, softish fairway going into still um, tough, hard, fast greens, and. Uh, yeah, it creates quite a challenge, particularly if there's a bit of breeze about, it can be, uh, it, 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 you know, you talked about it being a mid-score, mid kind of 12, 13, 14, under type, kind of winning score. You, you add a few of those extra dimensions into it and you, you know, quickly getting into single figures.
0: Hmm. I agree. It's just, it's kind of setting the scene. I think we're going to get a soft Masters. When I say soft, I mean turf conditions. Yep. And, they, and don't forget that, oh, yeah, well, they've got the greatest sub-air in the world. It's all... Oh, blah, blah. And I remember all this before the 2020 Masters they played in November. And that golf course was as soft as it ever wanted to be. You know, you sub-air, sub-air, isn't it? it those greens were receptive pretty much in that, that particular 2020 edition for the whole of the four the four yeah, yeah, days. Okay. And I know it was November and it was yeah. colder, but even so it can't perform miracles and if that course is getting deluged as of Wednesday early hours mm. they're going to have to do very well to get that as quick and as frisky as they want it to get. Is that, that the last, last of the rain that's forecast Wednesday was it? Yeah, apparently yeah. It actually looks pretty clean from that point on. So it will get up to speed probably over the you know on into Saturday. But I think those first 36 round 36 holes I think I think turf conditions are going to be on the soft side.
2: Yeah. I, I personally, I, you know, a firming golf course that gets to its kind of peak on Sunday is absolutely perfect in my view.
1: Ends yeah.
2: up, uh, you know, a really exciting finish where you know the, the players really are having to battle to
0: to make that score. Could be a cracker.
2: A I'm looking at f- a
0: forecast here, Daniel Fee, Daniel Feed hmm. Airport, or Daniel Field Airport on Windfinder. Get it into your browser histories. Or uh, your settings. It look I mean it's, we're a week away. But anyway, it looks pretty frisky in terms of wind. I'm seeing uh up to twenty mile an hour gusts Thursday, up to fifteen mile an hour gusts Friday, uh twenty mile an hour on Saturday, and as we know, around Augusta National, setting you know, that that beautiful topography different wind directions and and winds gusting 20 causes mayhem <laughs> mm. yep especially on holes like number 12 mm. so it it looks it looks a very fascinating forecast frisky with moderate winds and potentially soft conditions that are going to be firming up I think I I don't think this is going to be a twenty under par job. I think no, this is going no, to be a, no. a traditional mid score for thirteens, 14s, something like that. Yeah, potentially winning this. Yeah. Well, yeah,
2: if, if the wind materialises, it might be down to ten to twelve. We shall see. But yeah, it, it doesn't tend to get away, does it? And uh, they can, they can control it, particularly if it is starting to get firmer and faster towards the weekend. Then uh, that should keep a lid on the uh, keep, keep a lid on
0: the scoring. That's all I've got on the course. Anything that you two want to throw in for the listeners?
1: If on the basis that it is quite soft now, should we maybe have a little look at you know the results of the year DJ one in the November one? Would, would that help guide things a little bit or is that just an anomaly because it was a different type of year and the grass was kind of different that's the most recent, really soft one we yeah,
2: had. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough one because you know it, it's almost one that you put to one side in terms, you know, so it's, it's almost got an asterisk against it because of its position and mm. uh, I kind of again, the, the kind of the mentality, I guess, because it's you know, it was so so far out of the uh out of the norm in terms of its point in the calendar and uh, yeah, point in the golfing calendar, not no just the, crowds, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. dunno. Well, I've got 2017 and 2018 categorised and 2019 as soft scoring condition. So I'd need to go into more detail around what elements. Was that a specific round or was it the whole tournament? Yeah. I I think I, I think 2020 was also weird because I still think there was far more Bermuda in those greens than Bentgrass. I think there was more of a Bermuda golf course in the end. We won't go down that route, but yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I've got 17, 18, and 19 marked up as softer renewals in my notes, so uh, that course yeah. clearly wasn't firm and fiery.
2: No, we've had a similar conversation about the pre event conditions and then a drying, drying course a few times in these uh, mm. in these pre pods in the past, so. Yeah, I expect there were a few. Perhaps, uh, perhaps a little bit more research into that, uh, and then we
0: can uh, we confirm that up. I'm just looking at a bit more detail. I'm actually signifying certain rounds as soft, the early rounds. In 2017, it was round one. Charlie Hoffman shot a 65 to lead. Yep. Uh, in on 2018, it was actually the Saturday. It, there was a load of rain deposited overnight. McIlroy, Fowler and Rahm all shot 65s on the Saturday. And in 2019, I have the first 36 holes categorised as soft. And we had a tie for the lead going into Saturday of Brooks Kepka, Jason Day, Francesco Molinari, Adam Scott and Louis Oosthuizen. Tiger Woods was tucked in second, uh, tie for sixth. One shot off with Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele and Justin Harding of all people. So there you go. There's a bit more wind. There's a bit more detail there. That's probably not a bad one to look at. 2019. I know that. I know that just, you know, just from memory of Tiger winning, that had really firmed up beautifully by the finish. Yeah. 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 That, that, That probably is the renewal, you know. 2019. Interesting. Yeah, it feels quite familiar, doesn't it? In terms of the, it does. how it may, may well play out. Hmm, interesting. Right, next point on my sheet here. Moving away from the course. Nobody outside of the top 29 in the world has won the Masters since Angel Cabrera in 2009. He was 69th in the world. So, I'm busily because I'm not that organised, getting the official World Golf Rankings on my screen. And who's sitting in 29th spot? Will
1: Will Zalatoris. Zalatoris.
0: Hmm. Will Zalatoris at 29 in the rankings, for the World Rankings. I don't don't know, chaps. Is that anything you hold, any story? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you've got your your best... uh, you've got your best players in the world playing this in a short field. So the top 29 winning it isn't kind of
1: that weird, that weird <laughs> yeah. or wacky, is it? No, no, it makes no. It makes a lot of sense, really. And, uh, it does, but, you know, trends change. They, they adapt a little bit. You, you know, 29th might be out to 35th this year, just kind of dropping a random number in there that happens to be Shane Lowry's number, <laughs> who I'm quite sweet on mm. next week. <laughs> yeah. But, you know these things these things are just you know a little bit over time so they're great guidelines but I try not to treat them as hard and fast rules um, agreed because you can re- you can really shoot yourself in the foot or miss out by one or two people and I'm not saying you go sweeping up everybody and back everybody but um, maybe don't get that big red marker out just because somebody's a couple of spots outside a historical trend yeah 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 it's a dangerous game isn't it hmm well, you One thing I would say is if you read. <laughs>
0: defending champions here have a nightmare of a record, so I'm going absolutely nowhere near Hideki Matsuama. I mean, Dustin Johnson missed the cut last year. Tiger Woods, 38th. Yeah. Patrick Reed 36th. Sergio missed cut. Danny Willett missed cut. Jordan Spieth, the enigma that is Jordan, went second, first, second across three years here, 14, 15, 16. But in general, terrible record of defending champions, so I'm going nowhere near... He, he also uh, Valero yesterday. There's still rumours that he's got that neck injury. Well, he pulled out of the pro am, didn't he? And yeah,
2: um, yeah it, it's no smoke without fire. I don't think is. I don't. I don't think he's 100. percent And you know, we've all been burnt a number of times with uh, ignoring players who've uh, who've got injuries and then come back and, uh, and and do something that you didn't expect and. Um, I don't really want to mention Paul Casey on this podcast, but uh, yeah, having pulled out of the, uh, well, didn't pull out in the end. <laughs> having conceded all his matches at the match play, um, I expect he'll be given a massively wide berth at Augusta, and uh, yeah, I expect we'll wake up on Thursday mo- or Friday morning and he'll be sitting top of the leaderboard at a six under par or something.
0: He didn't pull out. He still got a helping of OWGR points and a fifty thousand oh, yeah, yeah. check. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Tough gig. But uh, yeah, we won't go down that route. Um, before we start talking about players, so we've mentioned course, agronomy. We've mentioned the trend on the world rankings, the fact that it could be soft. I just want to mention bookmakers because the reason we delayed this podcast is because effectively the anti-post markets were so poor. So it was difficult to talk about players and prices on the basis that the anti-post markets were abysmal in terms of value. Two things to point out though. Must point them out on this podcast. Right. Boil Sports, 11 places each way of 50 odds. They have gone live this morning, which is Friday morning over here in the UK and Ireland. So if you're in the UK and Ireland, you can get 11 places each way of 50 odds with Boyle Sports. That is available right now. We've been mentioning Boyle Sports on this podcast for months now. If you want the most additional each-way places across the golfing calendar, they are the bookmaker. At Golf bank System, we have uh, new customer sign-up offers for both UK and Irish residents. So they're available at Golf Bank System. If you haven't got an active account, I would get one. The other one I need to point out as well, again, Bet365. They are dominating on price in golf at the moment. Uh, Valero-Texas Open, they were the best price on, or joint best price on, 88% of the 144-man field. You have to say, that's pretty impressive. Um, I think the, mm-hmm. the number so far across 2022 is 87% of all players on the PGA Tour have been best price or joint best price with Bet365 at the yeah, when we're pulling this analysis together. Uh, for those of you wanting the best golf odds right now, and I doubt this is going to change for the masters. We recommend Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current bet 10 pounds, get 30, 50 pounds in free bets, new custom promotion, plus a link through to that very offer in this podcast description. So Boyle Sports Even Places each way and Bet365. Amazing odds. They have traditionally for the uh, for the Masters, and we don't know this for sure for twenty twenty two. But Bet three six five usually go to eight places each way of fifty odds.
2: Yeah, be interesting to see if they maintain their price proposition um, or price position rather. Um, with uh, with some extended places we won't find out until Monday I guess as to we won't. how they'll play it but um, yeah interesting to see they tend to be a good blend don't they and you know you talked about Boyle Sports Paddy Power and Betfair have both gone 10 places a 50 odds this morning as well over here in the UK and Ireland um, is the, but, is yeah.
0: the, it's that usual conversation isn't it some <laughs> people want most places and other people will say I want the best price yeah. So it's up to you, yeah. but I think with Bet Three Six Five, you will get that blend. Yeah, potential. You know, in all likelihood, eight places each way, which is their traditional Masters stance. Mm. And uh, we just know that they're you know this in 2022, their, their golf prices have been outstanding. Right, let's talk players. It's what people want to li- listen to. Barry said this off mic before we started. It, it, we I've never seen a Masters board that is as blended at the top. There are twelve selections, twelve players sub twenty to one. Yeah. Almost suggests that no one's got a clue who's gonna win this. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, the bookies or the punters or everyone. Like, well it's certainly tight, not isn't it. Well
0: when you when you've got such a a level playing field, I'm I'm quoting here. Um, bet three six five prices because they are best in the market right now. Ten to one roll. Fourteen to one Thomas. Sixteen to one on there's a list of them. Smith, Sheffler, Spieth, DJ, McElroy and Morikawa. Eighteen to one Kepka, twenty to one Hovland. Xander has crept to twenty-two to one, and Patrick Cantley's a twenty to one chance. I don't remember 12 players in that kind of price No, bracket. no, no. You get a jump after that. Xander's back out to his absolutely
2: bog standard 22. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: You jump mm. from 22s at Xander to 33s for the defending champion, Matsuama and D. Shambo, who's
1: in awful, awful yeah. physical, so the, physical state. The pricing is fascinating because. The two golfers in that in that list that have stood, I'd say, head and shoulders above the rest this calendar year are Smith and Scheffler for me. And yep. their prices are shorter than you would have, let's say, uh, pe- put down on paper a couple of months ago if you were to write your master's prices. Mm. But everybody else has shown enough good stuff in their game to warrant this confusion amongst the bookies. And I'd say us as punters as well, because with any of them now, you could... Absolutely, make a great case for them. I'd say Hovland might be a little bit um, long for what he's shown in terms of form. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's just so hard because you could pick a, an awful lot of good stuff from every one of their games to to make a case to back them and. So it's going to be a head-scratching dilemma between now and Thursday. <laughs> There'll be some people sitting on some nice um, tickets for Scotty
2: Sheffield. I did look back through and at the start of the year, mm-hmm. he was generally 33 to 40 to 1 to, to win this. And, um, you know, what, what he's done over the last six, seven, eight weeks um, from going from a PJ Tour maiden to world number one has been incredible is not it and uh, his price is justified i think you're right you know you, he he's in that 16 to 1 bracket with some illustrious names there and um, you know quite quite rightly he's is out there because he's uh, he deserves to be in that spot cam smith as you said players champion he's had a fantastic year there's there's some real real chances there by these players that you maybe wouldn't have ordinarily put into the list. Like Cam Smith's got a great record here at Augusta as well, hasn't he? So you can't really knock that.
1: Yeah, but he wouldn't have been hanging around the elite price no, level no, no, without no. the players. But so, you know, deservedly there. Yep. No, he'd have been down in that next
2: tier, wouldn't he? would have been the 33 to 40s, that kind of number mm. i expect. But yeah, this... When you're looking at Hovland, and I must say, looking at statistics, um, Hovland was one of the names that jumped out to me for this. You know, and you go back a few weeks before all of the Scheffler, um, Cam Smith kind of noise, and uh, Hovland was, you know, he he was arguably the best player or playing the best golf in the world at that point. Mm -hmm. It's gone off the boil a little bit, but is that about keeping his powder dry, ready ahead of this week, and to have a real assault on winning this uh, this major championship?
1: Yeah, off the boil, thirty third and eighteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Before yeah. that, 9th, <laughs> so, <ninth>, second, fourth, <laughs> yeah. uh, an anomaly, miscut, yeah. first and fourth. So, yeah, I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? Oh yeah. Did you see the guy's strokes going T to green numbers
0: last time at the Valspar? Oh, I think he was second for T to green, yeah. something like it was madness, mate. It hardly sniffed disaster, does it? The only trouble with Hovland is, and you do look at the winners here. Even even Danny Willett had had a top ten at a major prior to winning this. I'm mm. talking about winning. I'm not talking about each. You know, I always say this, I'm not talking about each way placing or getting in the top ten or top five. I'm talking about winning. Danny Willett. They, so you know, winners here. Matsuyama. He hadn't done so well in majors recently, but you go back to say 2017, 2018. He was getting close in majors. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I mean, if you if so you just Hovland stretch. would be pushing the boat out on that one. No major I mean, but not, top but not by whatsoever. Much.
1: Yeah, but look, like, come on, look, like, not by much. If you just like go back to what I was saying earlier, just stretch that a little bit. He's got two twelfths and a thirteenth. So, yeah. you know, if you don't no. put that red line through him for not getting the top ten, you can, you can see three performances there that were pretty close. And he, his majors, his majors record, although you know he hasn't had that, let's say, top ten or top five, he has thirty-second, twelfth, thirty-third, thirteenth, twenty-first, thirtieth, a withdrawal and a twelfth. So he's He's a majors machine, just hasn't won one yet. Yeah, exactly.
0: A couple of of top 12. I made a note at Bay Hill a few weeks ago when I had him, and he was leading after 36 holes, and that course was kind of soft. I think Augusta, in soft conditions, suits Hovland to the tee. Mm. Mm -hmm. As soon as that starts firming out and he starts missing greens, we've got problems. But that doesn't mean he can't contend or potentially win. Yeah, yeah. I think the weather is helping Hovland's chances a lot. That forecast and the fact that those turf conditions are going to be soft, and they probably ideally want because that is plays into his wheelhouse. What kind of what kind of Barry? What kind of player are you looking for? I mean, just from my background, I'm always looking for a player that can hit the ball a long way and has a particularly high ball flight. But does that kind of follow on where you are at in terms of a, a player that ultimately wins this?
1: I mean, right now, I'm just going to say jovial, bearded, and has an Irish passport. (laughs) Uh, That doesn't hit the gym that that, uh, regular. I mean, he does some weightlifting, but it might be in a pint glass format. But, like, (laughs) um, I mean, it's we we could we could uh, you could just hit rerun um, on our previous Masters uh, preview podcasts. It's yeah, I mean. The ability to move the ball both ways helps a lot here. It's not all exclusively draw, but control of your ball flight, if you can get the ball up high for the approach shots, even better. Mm-hmm. might not be as much of a factor if the course stays soft, particularly yep. through the first two, maybe three days. You don't need that ultra-high ball flight to help you out. Yep. Um, somebody who has that freedom in their game, um, in their swing, Um just kind of rolling confidence, um, that they trust what's coming out and uh, they trust what the ball's going to do um and it follow the picture of their shot. Because I think this is a course where you need to trust your game to the nth degree because it can it, it can just put you like uh you know, you could be just put in the spin cycle very quickly by Augusta.
0: You can't yeah
1: someone raised this on Twitter the other
0: this week to me as well. He said, "Steve, can you help me out? Can you give me some statistics about, you know, from f- where do you need to be after 36 holes to win this and the deepest in the field was Charles Swartz or 12th. Mm-hmm. You cannot chase around this golf course, it will eat you up. For every birdie you get, there'll be a bogey or two.
1: Yeah, I mean you see the times where people go in these charges on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. And they might get to like 15 or 16 and they could be like six or seven under. You're like, oh my God, they're about to contend. And then it's like kablamo, They get, they get vaporized and ejected. Yeah. You got it. And it happens so often. It's, it's, it's amazing. Hmm.
2: Well, that's the beauty of the course though, isn't it? Because that back nine from kind of 13 onwards gives you some real opportunities to get that birdie streak going. And yeah you know you birdie 13 you birdie 14 you birdie 15 you might throw an eagle in one of those you know one of the par 5s as well get some momentum and you know if you can manage your way through and pick up a birdie or two on the final few holes then you know you, you can finish five under through the final seven holes it's or six or seven holes it's uh, it's possible i've seen it done it's um, it can make an incredible difference to the uh, to the outcome of a round so
1: yeah one of the beauties of augusta in my view Have you ever been so excited? It's felt like about three years since the last major. <laughs> uh, it does drag on from July onwards, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, there's there's always some good golf in between times. But and, and again, yeah. I think that's part of the charm of the event. It's the anticipation of it, you know, from, mm. from kind of the autumn onwards. And you know it's coming, you know it's coming in April. And, you know, you're just going to have to be patient and wait for, the, uh,
0: wait for the week to come around. Two things I want to point out. Par fours tend to be the actual battle area. Everyone's saying oh, it's the par fives. It's actually playing the par fours in a decent total because they will eat you up. And with all this work they're doing to the poor par fours, especially the 11th, they're just going to become tougher and tougher and tougher. Four of the last five master champions, uh, 2014 through 2018. All arrived here here, in the top seven par four birdie or better conversion charts. The one I always like here is distance to apex. Big, high ball flight. Yeah? Yeah. No one's won this without a ranking in the top 70 since 2009, Angel Cabrera. So they've all been in the top 70 distance to apex on the PGA Tour uh, statistics arriving here. Hideki squeezed in there at 68th last year. Do you want a list of players that aren't currently in the top 70? And there's some good names in here. Yeah, go on then. Answer. Berger, Casey. He laughs. <laughs> That's a result, yeah. Don't forget, Off this is winners. Before I get this, uh, yeah. how can you say Paul Casey can't con- I'm not saying contend. I'm talking about winners. Connors, Fitzpatrick, Billy Ho, Kevin Kisner. Kevin Narr Louis Oosthuizen, Seamus Power, Patrick Reed, Justin Rose, this might break a few hearts, Scotty Scheffler, mm. Webb Simpson, this might break a few hearts, Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth, that all outside in terms of high ball flight this season. Yeah, That also includes last season as well. I've taken the full season from last year and this season to date. None of them sit in the top 70.
2: Yes, if you've been as brutal as chopping anyone out of that, that criteria, then uh, you you do lose some, some big names there, don't you?
1: Shane's in there, Barry. Shane's there. I know. I'm looking at it right now, Steve. Shane. and I'm just ignoring it I've shut my ears to your like <laughs> horrible comments he, he's he's missing out by a couple of yards so um, no, Shane's
0: Shane's in the top 70 for, he's, he's fine because he was there he, I think he was in there last he is. year
1: he's fine so, so don't worry about uh, his so height the, on the Ball blended one okay, okay. Ball I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at this year's on the PGA Tour um, site yeah. right now yeah. so just for season if, 2022 but the if you look at last okay. year he's in there <laughs> yeah, yeah okay phew <laughs>
0: Oh dear. I do. Paul, I, Ki- I, Paul kindly provided me with all these statistics this year in a in a nice spreadsheet, so I didn't have to go through them all. But yes, he's there.
2: I I, I think the par four birdie of better is a, an interesting angle because it is really quite um it has been really quite prescriptive of, of some of the winners, isn't it? So yeah, um, apart from Matsuami last year. Yeah, well, yeah, and you are always going to get some some oddities, aren't you? But uh, I don't yep. think that's a bad place to start either. Um. I'll just read through the top um, top 10 of that as they stand at the moment in terms of people rel- or who are actually in the field. Uh, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Justin Rose, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Young, Louis Oosthuizen, Xander Schauffele, Yokin Neiman, Victor, our man Victor, who we were just talking about. Um, sits just outside that top 10 of players in this field in terms of that par four birdie or better ranking. Of course, that's before the conclusion of the Valero-Texas Open, so there will be a little bit of movement on the stats, but uh, nothing massively significant, I guess.
0: I noticed in round one at the Valero yesterday a player that Barry and I are very, very keen on at majors at nice each way prices, who hit lots of greens and was very good from tea to green yesterday? Gun him. Mm, T2.
1: Oh T2, my god. T2,
0: Tony. <laughs> he did better yesterday. Good yesterday. T2, green.
1: I saw him hit a few shots that uh, they looked to be good aggression and freedom in the swing. But let's see um if uh, one round does a golfer make for the for a big test like next week. Mm. Well, I did actually, actually back.
2: I, I did actually back someone yesterday on the strength for their outing, which uh, was my first punt of the uh, of the Masters this 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 year. Um. I don't know. I couldn't resist really. I we've we looked um we've we'll looked through these stats that we've been uh, been working through and we've published some of them on the site. So we were talking about the majors performances earlier. If you pop along to the golf betting system site now, there's a list of all the players and their major championship performances back to 2016. So, um just to qualify the numbers that Barry was reading through a few seconds ago, um if you want to pour over the um, performances of those players. Um, all the players in the field, then you can can see what they were doing. Um, but yeah, the player that caught my eye on some of the stats um, earlier in the week was Luke List. And then when I'm staring at a leaderboard and he's at the time, yesterday, uh, kind of lunchtime over here or yesterday afternoon, um, sitting at the top of the Valero leaderboard, um, that was uh, too tempting for me. So um, I backed him on the exchange at a massive 420 yesterday. Um that's long gone. I mean, you're talking 125. You might get 150s next week from an each way perspective. And perhaps an exchange win only bet is a bit fanciful for next week. But um, yeah, I couldn't resist that. Tory points. got to chase the dream. Sorry, sorry, by a second.
1: So you have to chase the dream? Oh, like I can see. So, yeah. It's just too tempting. I went on a little bit of a splurge on the exchange last night as well, just scooping up a few prices. Mm. Just. You know, I'll work. I'll work out the the bookies' bets now over the net, maybe over the weekend and coming days as the markets kind of develop and get fleshed out and get hopefully get a little bit competitive. I might hold back a little staking until, you know, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, and see if the bookies start to really try sweep up the last set of the bets. Yeah, yeah, I oh, expect it. Yeah. I expect to be some movement.
2: I tell you what, I liked about Luke List as well, and I, I, I won't bang on about him for too much longer. But um, Torrey Pine's winner. If you look at some of the winners there, uh, Bubba Watson, Phil uh, Mickelson, a couple of times at the Buick back in the day, wasn't it? Tiger Woods. How many wins has he got? At Torrey Pines. I think yeah. that, I think that Torrey win for Luke List is a, a big pointer in the right direction for this.
0: Right kind of Luke game List well. is a Luke List is a dangerous player, isn't he? Because he's extremely long, mm. high GIR when he's on it, and the guy can actually scramble. He's yep. got a great around-the-green game, and clearly, it's always the putter that's the problem. But tee to green, he's elite. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I pulled- like I say, it, it's rare to get bombers that have got elite short games, and he's got that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, when I pulled the trigger on him, I expected him to collapse completely like, uh, yesterday, and then I, I saw him nail kind of a 40, 50-footer across the green, which... Uh, and made me feel a little bit better out about the punts. So, uh, mm. yeah, we'll see how long that goes before that uh, crashes and burns next week. But, uh, yeah,
0: we'll see. Cool on then, Barry. You need to tell us what your fanciful exchange bets were. Okay,
1: okay. You can't just uh, say I, that and leave, leave <laughs> the listeners hanging. Leave us hanging. <laughs> but how, how do I get everybody to listen to the show on Tuesday if I give away everything right now? true. Trying to do a little, no let's uh okay.
2: Mention let's one or the, two. Yeah, it was it was who was your favorite punt from yesterday? M-
1: mention though? the fruitiest. <laughs> uh, the fruitiest. The fruitiest. Well, okay, the one I put the most on was Shane. I, I've just got the I've got the the vibes I had for Gary Woodland when he won the US Open and Pebble with Shane this week. I don't like I could be completely wrong. It's more likely that I'm wrong than right, but I've just got that same kind of feeling. Um Gary Woodland, I couldn't resist one hundred and fifty on the exchange. I'm not sure if it's better or worse right now. I'm having a little scroll here. He's still the same, so that's okay. I'm happy with that. Max Homa, he's got two miscuts around Augusta, but I think he's going to figure it out. He's too good to not figure it out. Um, he's one hundred and ninety. Yeah. How I, I can't ignore that the yeah. guy is he's like he's an elite player. He's won around Riviera. We all know the, um, you know the the analogies we draw between the two courses. They have success at Riviera. You know can
0: bring yep. you success yeah. at
1: Augusta. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, he's 37th in the world, and uh, you know you can get him at one hundred and ninety on the exchange. It just doesn't match up to me. That's they got it wrong. So. Those those are three little ones. I have a couple of other weird ones, but I don't know. They're all more like emotional uh, savers than anything else. Paul, before we
0: disappear, I want hmm. to highlight a resource that we've put on Golf Betting System that you have put a lot of effort into this week. And it's yep. available free of charge. I know that's that's strange to a lot of listeners. Free of charge at Golf Betting System. No payable. Can you take the listeners through this piece of analysis? This... this we're calling it a kind of cheat sheet, aren't we? An Augusta cheat sheet for the Masters. I'll put a link to it in the description as well of this podcast.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot lot of data on the site. Um, we, te- we tend to, to to pull out as many of the stops as we can with these uh, major championships. And uh, I guess you know, alongside the standard current form and event form and the... Combined stats that pull those two together. Um, for the for the majors, we put um, stats out such as the major championship performances, which I mentioned a second ago. That's all on the site at the moment. Current form, of course, is is out there, excluding the Vals, uh, the Valero rather, which is happening at the moment. Um, but with with the Masters, there isn't this wealth of strokes gained data history, is there? And um, no. you know. It, you can infer a certain amount from uh, from looking at the stats that are available, but um, you can't go back and aggregate all of the strokes gained off the tee and approach and putting performances because um, it's just simply not published. You know, you see snippets of it about on Twitter or social media, but um, uh, it's snippets rather than anything um, of any real use. So um, we've taken the key factors that we know about augusta the fact that it's got bent grass greens which we know about of course we the, steve talked about it being a classical style golf course you know this, this yeah. tree lined um, yeah with you know dog legs and um you know your old style course a par 72 of course which we know it's a long course Um taking the the scoring likely scoring um that we we should see the kind of the mid score 12 to maybe 14 15 under depending on the conditions of course as the uh, is the potential winning score and what we've done is gone back to the start of 2019 and aggregated all of the DP World Tour and all of the PG World Tour uh, strokes gain data for all events that have got these different attributes so all of the bentgrass greened events all of the classical style events, all of the past 72s, etc. And then ranked the current field for each of those stats um, and published it on the site. So if you want to know who the best uh, performer has been across all of those um, style courses for um, bent grass, strokes game putting, for instance, on the site, um, strokes gain total for long courses, etc., it's on the site. And a nice, yeah. simple, easy to use, um one pager so uh, so yeah have a look see if it picks out any any nuggets for you i mean the, the, the name that catches my eye quite instantly is uh, christian boswaydenhut who um probably won't appear if you're looking just uh, just at pga tour stats you really won't um stick out i don't think on a lot of the uh, on a lot of the stats like this because most of his good work has been done in the past on the dp world tour but by bringing all of the data together um, we can get a view of that. And in terms of his putting performance, his strokes game putting on bent grass greens over the years, mm. uh, well, since, since the start of 2019, I rank him as the highest bent grass green putter in this field, as it is right now, um, in terms of strokes game putting. Um, but he's also good on tree line style courses as well. And again, if you go back through his DP World Tour history, you can kind of see how that's, uh, how that fits and how that falls out into the
0: data as well. So...
2: Yeah, hopefully Paul there's some
0: Ra- nuggets in there. Paul raises a great point. This is the first event we've had in 2022 on bent grass greens. We've had the Bermuda over in Hawaii and in California. We had the POA events in California. We've had Bermuda all through the Florida Swing. We've had Bermuda also, of course, in the first couple of events in Texas. This is the first event we've seen with pure bent grass greens. Interestingly enough, top 10 strokes gained total in Paul's analysis on bent grass. Cantlay at one, Rahm at two, Christian Bezadenhut at three, JT four, Xander five, and T2 Tony Finau in sixth. <laughs> oh, the case is building for him, Steve. It is. Best player over that time period on classical golf courses? Rory McElroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well worth looking sense, at this it? data, guys. Just come, come. Uh, it's it's linked from the homepage at Golf Bank System. I will put a link in the description, but it's all free and it's just you can rank it by whatever you want to rank it by. It's fantastic, and it just throws some interesting names out there to look at. I think that's us, chaps. Yeah, indeed. Yes, looking forward to the
2: uh, to the continued speculation over Mister Woods over the over the weekend. See what actually happens in that respect, and. Uh it's fifty as he enters- to one chance, I believe. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, you know, should should he play? Um, there'll be plenty of takers at that
1: price, won't there? Mm. He'll go off on about 28s at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt.
2: The Sea of blue as he, uh, he confirms his attendance, but he he, he has played a, a practice round, hasn't he? So it's got the uh, it's got
0: the paparazzi stirring. That's for sure. They asked Rory, didn't they? Oh, how did Tiger play? And He's hardly going to say he played like a bag of spanners, is he? <laughs> oh, he was awful. Shot 93. <laughs> Apparently, he played very well. Yeah, yeah. That was okay. the... Uh, that was the, the, that was the answer. Response. Right, Barry, Paul, thank you for your time. It's been immense. We will be back uh, next Tuesday with the 2022 Masters Tips Podcast. We will see you then. Cheerio. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Because it's the golf betting system The golf betting system It's the golf betting system